Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. On the scene for WWE Money in the Bank, uh, she is from the the Daily Mirror. She is Naren Flanders joining us on the show. Naren, how you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing well. Thank you for joining us. The show. Thank you for joining us. The show. See, I can't speak. Yeah, thank you're you for joining us on the show well, today. Really well. I <laughs> think it's all downhill from here. Um, I also feel like I'm going to help dial back the British cliches, which is quite good going. Bearing in mind, I actually am British, so we can <laughs> dial back the taxis, dial back the buses. We'll all be fine. Uh, what if we want to talk more about the buses? <laughs> Didn't actually, they... you know, we do like a bus in England, but yes. I they mean, have been shoehorned everywhere. Every poster that you see for Money in the Bank, there's a bus in it. See, the thing, they did media on the buses too, didn't they? They, I, I was not big enough to get invited into the bus. I would oh. have you know, um, but it's okay. It's fine. I'll get over it. I'm here. Probably, this is way better than being on a bus, right? It sure. was probably just Alex McCarthy on the bus. It was just him, his own personal thing that he got to, to be go fair. To. He is a big name on British he wrestling sucks. circles. So, you know, he basically has his own bus. That's how it he's, works. You know, he, he's the he's, worst. <laughs> Alex McCarthy's the worst. Can't Outrageous. Stand guy. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. It's already gone downhill. Look, we're one minute in. Come on. <laughs> Nah, nah, e easy question first off the bat just overall experience at money in the bank and overall thoughts on the show i absolutely loved it um i always was gonna though i mean i was 11 when SummerSlam 92 happened my parents took me and i will tell anyone that listens that the reason i am a 40 year old woman that still watches wrestling is because i fell in love with it then like it was just a formative experience of my childhood I loved everything about it, you know, the, and I had the merch and all that kind of crap as well. Everything was wonderful. Um, so I have been waiting a long time for this and I'm sorry, but the uh, the little pay-per-views that they tried to pitch in between SummerSlam 92 and here, they don't count. They're not the same. This, this is what we were waiting for. This is what we got. And they did it in pretty good style. I have a few little kind of minor moans, but overall very happy. I am interested in those minor moans. Let's hear about that. Wow, let's start with a negative. We're going well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my, my main thing, I think, actually, and maybe it is just poor timing because I think Clash at the Castle had the same thing because they, they pretty much shut down NXT UK two weeks before Clash at the Castle happened. And I think the same with here. The, the thing that would be my moon on a stick wish list thing would be more British and Irish talent on these cards. I think that's the one thing that we really missed out on. Um, I'm happy, you know, we, we did have some big names and that was great and it was good Butch being in the ladder match, but bear in mind, Seamus and Ridge Holland were on SmackDown. They kind of got to come in and be glamorous assistants um, when Butch went in, but they went around. Pretty Deadly were also on SmackDown. You have loads of people that came up from NXT, like JD McDonough, um, Alba and Isla, people like that didn't even get a look in. Um, and I think that's a bit of a missed opportunity. Um, and if I had if I had one thing that I would say, that would be my my wish list would be a bit more kind of British talent and Irish talent getting a, a chance to to kind of shine in front of the hometown crowd. 
you asked about NXT Europe in the in the press conference, and Triple H yeah. was like, "Oh, the merger has kind of slowed things down." You're kind of put on the spot as Triple H looked for a, a female reporter. Uh, there is it was all guys, and there it was quite impressive though, because what had happened was I had pretty much lost my shit and shouted myself hoarse. So <laughs> when we went in. They were like, where do you want to sit? And I was like, I'm going to sit right at the back and not ask anything because I can barely speak. And then at the point where he was like, there must be a female journalist in here somewhere. And I looked around and was like, oh, there's not actually that many. Damn. <laughs> in fact, I think it might just be me. And I'm right here. So, of course, then I had to say something. But it was also the longest question in the world. And I was very croaky. So, you know, it went well. <laughs> you got an answer out of them. I mean, sometimes you don't, you don't get any type of answer. Well, is that a funny thing, though? Because I, I don't know if it's a British thing, but people were like, yeah, you really put him on the spot with that question. And I was like, I was trying to be polite. I didn't think I was being particularly, you know, like this wasn't Watergate or anything. I was just like, what's <laughs> happening with my NXT Europe, please? Where where are my guys? Like, this is what we want. So, the... Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I was like, well, he said the merger was going to to slow things down, and um, you know, that's that's the answer we we got out of things. Do so. I'll ask you now. Do you believe him? Do you think we're getting NXT Europe by the end of 2023? I'm not sure we're getting it by the end of 2023. Um, I I would like to think it's still on the table. I think if nothing else, my reading of the situation is they know there is money to be made from all of these different territories or from Puerto Rico, from Canada, from us, from Australia, if they can get the logistics of getting out there. They've got the money for it. It makes sense for them to have bases where they are finding talent, nurturing talent and, and making them in the mold that they want them to be. So I think NXT Europe is a definite possibility. I'd just like it to be quicker. I'm an impatient woman, basically. Have you been following uh, the the British independence for a while, or are you are you mostly just WWE centric in your family? Mainly WWE centric, but that is mostly because right now I have kids and a full time job and a limited amount of time, so I keep up with AEW a little bit. Um, and I've done I've seen a few progress shows in my time and stuff like that, but the indies in the UK are not my specialist subject, unfortunately. Gotcha. I, I asked basically because you had mentioned the development of, of British talent and you had to mention mm -hmm. NXT UK. And I don't think a lot of people would have thought about that. Uh, and it, that's why I really enjoyed the question that you asked Triple H. I have a real soft spot for NXT UK generally. I think, um, I think they were doing really good stuff and they were really exciting. And I think what people don't necessarily um, really recognize is, so just before lockdown, I live in a little town just outside of London. Um, in Essex, uh, which incidentally is where the Pretty Deadly Boys, or one of them, is from. Um, and it's a very small town near a bunch of other really small towns. Just before COVID, I went to an NXT UK show in one of those, um, basically, we call them leisure centres. I don't know if they're the same thing for you. It's like where basically kids go to learn to swim. Everything smells of chlorine and disappointment. <laughs> You know, it's just all a bit cruddy. You wouldn't want to go there unless you had a real reason to be there, right? You know, those kind of places. They did an NXT UK show there where we saw Imperium. We saw Rhea Ripley. We saw, who else was on the card that night? We had Moustache Mountain. Um, and I think then Pete Dunn might have been on there as well. 
um, definitely Tyler Bate was, like in this teeny tiny leisure centre, like, you know, it was like a school gym, like we weren't sitting on chairs, we were sitting on like little benches that they'd rolled out for us all to sit on while we watched it. And they were incredible. And you just think like a little bit kind of further on, all of these people have gone from that to main roster excellence. And that's what NXT UK was and fed into NXT Maine and all of that. Like, it's so important and it deserves so much more love and respect than anyone ever gave it, I think. And this is my hill I will die on, basically. I get it. I really do. This is coming from a Canadian who, you know, shouts out from the rooftops about Canadian indies. And we've had wrestlers on here talk about, you know, a similar similar mindset. Uh, before Jeremy yeah. gets to his next question, I got to ask, DDP yoga instructor. Yes, I am. And I'm very proud of it. I, um, although I'm like, where have you got that from? Have you seen the embarrassing video? Um, no, I, now I'm gonna look uh, now I've mentioned the embarrassing video. That's worse. No, I used to be, when I had my kids and even before I had my kids, I was very overweight. Um, and I basically went to DDP because I've been a wrestling fan all this time. And I was like, oh, I need to do some weight. And then he came over to do a workshop thing. And I thought, well, I'm going to suck at yoga. Of course I am, because I can barely like walk, much less like stand on one leg and do yoga shit. But, you know, I'm intrigued to meet him. It'll be fun. And I'll have a funny story about how I fell over and landed on my ass in front of Dallas Page, right? Um, and I went and I fell in love with it. And I ended up, I mean, I've put some on because, you know, it was COVID. We were all drink eating and drinking at home, right? Um, but I lost about 100 pounds in the end. Um, and my, I'm much fitter and all of that sort of stuff. And then I ended up doing the qualification and now I teach other people. And I love it. I really do. Like it's not, it, I like to call it shouty, grout, shouty, grunty, punchy yoga. And that's what everyone needs in yoga. None of this like, you know, sitting, staring at the ground, thinking about the nature of life. Like it's shouty, grunty yoga. So I can love recommend. That's yeah, amazing. I love it too. You should yeah. be proud of that. That's first of all, hundred pounds. That's, that's no easy yeah. task. And on top of that, to, to, get the certification that's a big deal congratulations seriously that's thank amazing. you so much that's lovely do you take it up for the touchdown the diamond and then bring you it see this is the thing everyone goes oh I've, I've vaguely heard of it yeah if you're a wrestling fan and you've been around long enough you've checked out those videos of course oh yeah i used to do ddp yoga and then i had kids of my own and i didn't got time for that no more yeah. just uh, yeah. multiple running around that that keeps me yeah, that's, what that's keeps me why i took it up because i couldn't after i had my second baby like i couldn't lift him like my back was completely buggered so i was like i need to do something and that's what i did so um yeah i love it it is great if you've not checked out cdp yoga everyone should uh check it out if you want to get into that sort of thing but it will keep you fit and i know a bunch of wrestlers swear by it uh, and everything yeah. as well uh circling back to money in the bank. What we were actually talk talking about. Yes. <laughs> no, the DDP yoga stuff was a was a nice little side mission there. I loved it. Um, the John Cena promo. You're in the chat. You won't forget yes. when he everything he said in what, 2008. Now he comes out here and he says WrestleMania coming to London. I don't want you to call John Cena a liar, but how much is John Cena? Do you Cena know what? <laughs> I was I was all in for it. I lost my mind when he came out. I was giddy. But the thing that made me laugh about all of it is, you know, if you are a, a WWE fan who's been coming to these shows for years and years and years, you know, what used to happen was you go to these fans and like, we, we love a chant. We love a shout in England. Like we really do. So these kind of shows were always mainly children and me. 
going, let's go, Cena. And then everyone else screaming, Cena sucks, like the whole time. That's what you do, right? That's the way of the world. Like he looked completely mind blown when he came out and we were all like, it's him, hooray, yay. Because that is the only time he has ever had that response in England. And it might only, it might be the only time ever again. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I think, I mean, I heard what you guys were talking about it and largely agree with you. I, but my, my take on it, I think, is it will depend very much on what happens with AEW later in the summer. Because I think if AEW is a success, there's more chance that they will pull the button on a WrestleMania London because yeah, you know what? Yeah, you had Wembley Stadium, big whoop. We're doing Wembley Stadium for two nights and it's going to be bigger, better than anything you could ever imagine. So I think British wrestling fans generally are excited about AEW coming to London. I think it's a big deal. Lots of people watch it that don't watch WWE because it's free to air in the UK. So you can watch it without paying for the network or anything else. But even if you're a WWE fan, I think you might have a bit of an interest in it going well, because I think if it goes well, there's more chance this might come to fruition. But that said, the uh, the London government is never going to pay any money for anything. So if that's what we're holding <laughs> out for, then, you know, we've probably got more chance of WrestleMania Paris and we'll all get the train over. <laughs> that's actually not a bad idea. They're going to do the Eiffel Tower as the A's. It's going to be great. To be great. fair, you could do the Stade de France. And it. what would be good about it is that the one perk of somewhere over this side is think of all the European fans that would, would go to that. Like, it would do very, very well, I think. Um, I guess the the issue is there are logistic issues for the UK anyway with France you've got it's a little bit further it's also French so you've got a language thing that makes it all a little bit trickier um so maybe it's less likely but I wouldn't say it was off the table but yeah basically very excited by John Cena and then went into the press conference and was like well they dialed that back quite a lot haven't they from there (laughs) so we will see but I remain optimistic enjoy the two-night Royal Rumble from Wembley Stadium do you know what? I have a soft spot for Rumble. I'm okay with that. Like, you know, it's a good show, isn't it? Like, you know, and if you gave me two nights, like, I really wouldn't grumble. Fair enough. Uh, did you attend SmackDown as well? Yes. You did. Yeah. Uh, was there anything notable? Was there anything that really jumped out to you from this particular SmackDown than others maybe you watch or have seen in the past? It was um, it, it was kind of it was a good smackdown. I think the crowd were very excited about just the, the atmosphere the whole weekend was great. I think the crowd turned up on Friday ready to really rock with it, um, which helped kind of lift it because it's always a bit hard, isn't it? Because you always know like the the smackdown before a big show is always going to be the go home show where basically nothing much is going to change, nothing much is going to happen, and basically they're just praying no one gets injured, right? So it can sometimes be a bit of a damp squib. Um, But yeah, it was exciting. I think what I found interesting was people, I I think there's definitely a British sensibility to some of the people that we like that you guys maybe don't rate so much or some of the people that you really like that we're less keen on. And I was surprised at Charlotte did not get a very warm reception, which surprised me. I don't know, is that a feeling that you guys get your side of the pond as well? You gotta blame WrestleTalk for that. Oh really? Exactly. Is that what's done it? You've ruined everything. Yeah, Russell Talk did that. Uh, no, I'm not. Gonna, it's, I, I I think that the ardent wrestling fan, the hardcore wrestling fan, have it in their minds that Charlotte ruins everything. And my feeling is that a lot of American or just North American wrestling fans 
are not as online as others might be who are attending these shows. And as a result, they, again, I, I just to put this in the AW world for a second, they're going to be in Regina, Saskatchewan for AW Collision next week. And I yeah. said, this is the true test of how CM Punk is seen outside of major markets like Chicago and Toronto and so on and so forth. Yeah. Similar situation. You know, I, I would have been surprised if John Cena showed up in Toronto and wasn't booed. But that's mm. what happened in London. So, again, the, the Charlotte kind of comparison there, I, I do think kind of the hardcore wrestling fans who maybe are in the UK, maybe already have it in their head that, like, Charlotte ruins everything. Or they like to boo her because she's such a better heel. Yeah, no, she absolutely is that. But but I'm not sure that they were necessarily booing her. I think everyone was just a bit like, oh, you're back. Okay. Like, it, it was kind of – because that's the thing, isn't it? I've, I've spoken to a few people in the – the run-up to Money in the Bank, um, LA Knight and Bailey particularly were talking about it because we are known as crowds who are a little bit contrary, I think it's fair to say. Like, we like our people and we will just, you know, we're also very sarcastic and therefore if we like you, that usually means we'll give you shit. Like, that, it's kind of a love thing. Um, oh, am I allowed to swear? Because I think I've been swearing quite fulsomely. Hell yeah, you're fine. good. <laughs> okay, we're all good. Um, but yeah, so I, th I think it, I think sometimes it doesn't matter whether you're booing or cheering, but what was notable about the Charlotte match is people were just like, okay. Um, but the other side of it is I, I think Seamus got a really great reaction, but I think it's an oversight that he wasn't on the Money in the Bank card somewhere. I know it was a stacked card. I know in hindsight they had to keep a big chunk of the space for John Cena. But at the same time, like, you know, Seamus came out of Clash at the Castle with Gunther in, with basically, I would argue, match of the year, pretty much. So to go from that to we're in London, everybody loves him, everyone wants to see him, and he's on SmackDown and that's your lot, felt like a bit of an oversight. But the other side of that was it made SmackDown special. SmackDown was more than just a go-home show. There was some really good stuff on there. Being part of the the media for these events, Joel Pearl was on here earlier. I don't know if you saw it burying media members for Come wearing. On. I mean, I didn't were. see that. I see. I thought he seemed like such a nice man, but that was clear. No, absolutely not. Up. People. Are, wow. Oh. Yeah, people. People think Joel Pearl is nice because he's Canadian. It's like, oh, all the Canadians. Do you know what? That's what it is. Nice. When I logged on, I was like, oh, he seems friendly, and also every Canadian I've ever met has been lovely. But now you, you are the exception that proves the rule. Look what you've done. Yeah, he sucks. He's the worst. Yeah. Uh, I haven't even listened so, to criticism. <laughs> he was burying everybody in the media for wearing, you know, a WWE shirt or a WWE hat. When you are part of the these media events, I don't know how many you, you've been part of, but like, what are what's kind of your mindset and mentality when you when you have to do all this stuff? I, you will notice me. I in that press conference, I was wearing my Edge T-shirt. Um, but I was wearing my Edge t-shirt because as far as I was concerned, I had filed all my copy, done all my interviews, and me and my husband were going to lose our minds at, at Money in the Bank. So that was why I was skulking happily at the back going, well, I'm not going to be on camera and I'm not going to ask any questions and it doesn't matter. And then there you are with people going, Edge, Naz, really? That's like who your t-shirt choice was? Um, but generally, I try to, to kind of turn up in a way that doesn't look very markish because it, it is a bit of a, it's a bit hard, isn't it? Like, we all love wrestling because I think it's fair to say, um, leap in if you think I'm wrong, but I, I think wrestling journalism is only really done by people who love wrestling. 
even if they don't love all of wrestling, they love part of it and might hate watch the rest. Like you're not doing this for the money and the fame and the adoration and you know the Pulitzer, are you? You're doing it because I'm doing so it for the first thing that you mentioned. <laughs> There's none of it, but I'm trying. <laughs> but it is that thing, isn't it? Like everyone's doing it because they love it, and it's just trying to be professional and ask questions that still feel like questions. Although I was. Um, I was talking to someone about this actually at the press junket bit because I find the press junkets really hard because it's basically like wrestler speed dating. So you're in this room and they literally wheel them in and it's like, you've got three minutes, go. And then like there's a PR there with their phone kind of counting it down. And then at three minutes, they're like, and that's it. You're you're done and you're off and, and you're waiting for the next person. I hate that because I usually, if I do like one of these Zoom call interview things, I have my question that I'm like, that's possibly the question that's going to turn the interview or piss off the PR. So that's my question that I get to at the end. So I've still got something, even if it all goes a bit pear-shaped, I'll be all right. I can write it out. But that's my, I've been talking to you for 15 minutes and now I'm going to slide in the question that you may or may not answer. I can't do that in three minutes. I can, I can work quick. I can't work that quick. Like it's, it's a hard job. Did you want to punch Alex McCarthy when he asked about Drew McIntyre? <laughs> no, I don't ever want to punch Alex McCarthy. I Why? have to say, like, I'm going to say something maybe a bit controversial now, but there are some really great people doing amazing wrestling writing in the UK. And two people who are getting it very mainstream are Alex McCarthy and Alistair McGeorge, who between them write for the Daily Mail and the Metro. And I don't want to punch either in their irritatingly enough they are thoroughly nice very professional really good guys who do great things so not them although he did get on the bus so maybe i'll kick him in the shins for the fact that he got on the bus there we I go okay. there we go that's your scoop like grudgingly <laughs> violent but not full aggression how about that that's fair go full violence <laughs> was sean rossap able to fit in over there like he he was bragging that he's like part british now and he he was actually he really was i managed to blunder into meeting him in a way that afterwards i was like oh god this probably looks a bit lame um because i walked in and they were like right all the people with the video cameras in the press junket you you've got a spot put your camera on the spot you stay there and then they were like press people go find a video camera to stand behind you you know your print like just stand behind the video camera you can kind of leap in between them so I walked into this room and I was just like you know video cameras as far as the eyes can see and I was looking there going there are a lot of guys here with video cameras none of whom I know and then there's one woman with a video camera right well clearly I'm gonna go and stand with that one woman so I went and I stood next to this lovely woman had a great chat turned out she was American it was all brilliant and then about 10 minutes later, her husband popped up and it was Sean Rossap. And you're like, oh, hi. So there he was. And um, I think the reason he fitted in so well is because his wife is just a wonderful woman, basically. So she, yes. She's a delight. She really she is. is. But the thing was, I was chatting away to her and having a lovely time. And then he popped up and I was like, oh, hi, who are you? What do you who do you write for? What do you do? <laughs> and, and then he was like, you know, with the, because uh, we've all got our little labels with our things on it. His was kind of down by his shirt. And he just kind of brushed it down. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm Sean Ross Sapp. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I, yeah, I know who you are. But his the, wife, the, lovely, lovely woman. We have a similar great. story for that because 
when I met Sean in 2019 in Toronto for SummerSlam, his wife was with him. And I ended up making nice and making friends with his wife while he was off talking to all the other fans. Her and I were just kind of chatting it up. And I was like, she is a lovely woman. She is very, very sweet. And yeah, so I'm pretty sure that she is the reason why I ended up uh, getting any work here on this website. (laughs) Oh, okay. So uh, that was going to, that's kind of, that's ruined my second question. Because I was like, you were saying you were having a nice chat with her. When you say that, were you chatting her up? No. no, no. (laughs) But clearly you weren't because you're now working for Fightful. So whatever it was, you stayed the right side of the line. Well done you. Plus I was, I I was about to get married at the time. And and, uh, no, I was very much making friends. (laughs) Okay. That sounds worse. Behind every... Behind every terrible journalist here at Fightful, like myself and Sean Ross Sapp, is a great woman who puts up with us. And, and that's True. basically the moral of the story. Yeah. Naren, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, any yeah, any closing comments? Pleasure. Let everybody know where, where they can find you at. Um, I am on Twitter at NK Flanders. And, and it is like the Simpsons character. I'm married into it. I had a surname no one could spell before. Now they can, but everyone thinks I'm the, the female wife of Ned Flanders who got murdered. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. Um, I write for the Daily Mirror and My London and lots of other different titles. Um, but yes, and this has been a pleasure. It's been really fun, guys. The pleasure Thank is you. ours. Thank you. Yes, yes. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.